Welcome to Career View. This is the podcast where we ask questions you want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Nirija Shamal, and each episode I will ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. For today's episode, we'll be asking our top questions that have been submitted by students on our CareerView website who are interested in a career path as a geologist. I'm joined by 27-year-old exploration geologist Joshua Bell, who has been working in the mining industry for the last six years on a fly-in and fly-out roster. Josh has seen some of the most beautiful and isolated places in the Australian outback, and he's got a lot of great advice to share. So... Let's get into it. Right. Here for another episode here today on Career View. We're with Josh, our representative of a geologist. Josh, so great to have you here today, mate. How's everything going? Not too bad at all. Uh, you know, I've got plenty of time off now, so it's uh, great. <laughs> What's the okay, situation fine. with you? Because you were just telling me before that you've actually just resigned from your job as a geologist and you took some time, you're taking some time off. Yep, that's correct. So I only worked more or less five and a half, six years um, after I graduated from university. So um, following my graduation, um, pretty much went straight into work and been doing that for yeah almost six years now. And then uh, I was about ready to move move on jobs anyway. You know, it's quite normal in the industry to not spend too long in any one place just to try and keep yeah. getting as much experience as you can. So um, yeah, it was just the right time for me to move jobs anyway and wanted a bit of a break, go on a bit of a Europe trip. So enjoy your life and come back and get back into it again. Fantastic. I'm, gl- I'm so happy to hear that. You know, you have the luxury right now to take some time off and, and relax and clearly you've been doing some travel, which is good um, and really great to hear, Josh. Um, jumping into our questions asked by students, um, our top questions when it comes to pursuing a career path of a geologist, Josh. The first question that we have for you is, have you always been passionate about geology and have you ever considered anything else? Um, I mean, when I was at uh, high school, definitely I loved science in general and earth science. I didn't really think too much beyond that about what I had plans for, for my career and everything for the future. So, you know, any uh, advice for aspiring uh, university students would be don't be too worried if you're uh, not sure what you want to do yet. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, pretty much finished high school um had to put preferences in for what we wanted to do for university so i was flicking through the course books about um you know the different um courses that are being offered at university um geology caught my eye because uh, it looked like you know a lot of outdoors work uh, not too much bogged down in an office and everything so it seemed like something that i'd be quite interested in yeah. uh, so i ended up putting that as my first option um i think we had to pick six, op- six options at the time right um that was my first one and i ended up being lucky enough to get that and once I started the coursework i enjoyed it through most of the university course so i found it quite interesting so yeah. ended up sticking with it and never look where back. i am now yeah ne- and never look back clearly yeah yeah exactly yeah i would have maybe you know in terms of if i could go back and do it again i don't know if i'd exactly pick the same thing but you know i definitely don't feel like i made the wrong decision so i'm, I'm quite happy where i am okay so that's interesting if you had to go back again what would you do feel like I do enjoy working in the mining industry. So mm-hmm. I think getting access to the mining industry through geology or, you know, you can do it through engineering or HR, pretty much any profession, you know, yeah. ends up, has a has a gateway into the mining industry. Um, maybe if I had the option to do it again, probably would have put a little bit more time maybe into learning computer science and sort of feel like maybe it wasn't such a big deal when I finished high school, but definitely now looking back, it seems like it's becoming such an important integral part in the industry that yeah. definitely, um, you know, definitely helps to make uh, 
make sure you've got a very good sort of uh, IT computer science yeah. understanding of most things makes your job a lot easier. And, and just staying on this topic, is that because the industry is, is moving much more digital, there's more technology in play um, and there's this transformation in the industry right now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, there's so much data being collected now. There's so many, everything's online. You know, there's just so much data, but the systems in place that have been working for so many years sort of starting to fall apart now you know there's just so much data and everything being collected that everything ends up just getting kind of put in the database and forgotten about and buried and there's not really any point having it unless you've got a you know a way to use it way to use it yeah right i find that interesting and probably good advice as well for listeners out there looking at geology but coming back to your reasoning about have you always been passionate about you know geology and did you consider anything else um the fact that your criteria was Working outdoors and being more hands-on, would you say that was the compelling reason as to why geology and having some interest with this? Yeah, so I mean, I, I never really, looking at what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, I, it didn't really appeal to me to you know spend nine to five in an office uh, environment all day, every day, five yeah. days a week. I definitely wanted a job that had plenty of scope to do, you know, some outdoors work and sort of a bit of flexibility to do a combination of the two so I don't kind of get too bored doing one or the other love science yeah. and everything i love to understand how how the world works and how things work and geology kind of ticked all those boxes so ended up going down that pathway fantastic clearly it's worked out for yourself pretty well um next question that we have for you asked by students is what options for study did you consider and maybe you can explore a little bit about what was challenging about the whole study process in terms of options for study, I, I already kind of had my mind set on UWA. There's not really any reason in particular. It was the course book I picked up and looked at and, you know, it's quite an impulsive decision. I didn't really think too much about it. I was never really wanted to sit and dwell on things too much, you know, just sort of if it ticks the boxes, yeah. just, just do it. You just do it. You got <laughs> yeah. that approach, yeah, just go ahead, let's go, let's move on. But in hindsight, did you do you think that made a difference in terms of getting a job in industry or do you think it doesn't really matter when it comes to a geologist in terms of where you studied and what you did? Um, I mean, for myself personally, in terms of geology, definitely the majority of you know, Western Australian graduates tend to have gone to Curtin or UWA. They're the sort of two main ones. Um, in terms of differentiating between the two, I haven't noticed any any difference in hiring practices between the two. I think they um, both do teach slightly different things. I feel like UWA is a bit more of a um, focus on uh, academics and study, like uh, learning how to sort of go down the research pathway and find things out, whereas Curtin's maybe a bit more hands-on in terms of getting you just directly integrated into what you're going to be doing in the mining industry. Right. So yeah. perhaps as new hires, maybe Curtin might have a bit more experience initially off the ground in terms mm. of getting into it and knowing what the job's going to entail. But, you know, some of the best colleagues were from Curtin, you know, great people from UWA as well. It makes really no difference. I think if you like like what you're studying, it's not going to matter where you go. Find the right place anyway. As long as you have that interest, um, you can go anywhere and you'll be able to get a, you know, get work in the industry. Yeah, exactly. As long as you put in, you know, the effort and, you know, you enjoy what you do, which is extremely important. Definitely don't recommend trying to force yourself to do something you don't enjoy. Um, you know, no matter where you go, you'll you'll find yourself in the right place eventually. Yeah, definitely. Um, jumping onto our next question yep. that we have for you, asked by students is, was it hard for you to find a job? And if you can also explain a little bit, what was the whole process for you once you graduated? 
Yep. So um, when I finished my undergraduate degree, so three years for the bachelor's degree, um, that was sort of in the middle of the last mining downturn, unfortunately. So I'd hop on Seek, look for geologist jobs, and I think I'd be lucky to see two on there. Okay. Um, there was not many at all. There was nothing, yeah. Wow. Um, so in terms of my decision from that point on was, um, you know, knowing that, you know, it was a bit disheartening, but knowing that it is a cyclical industry, you know, everyone that I knew around me, family, friends were saying, you know, don't worry about it, it'll come back, just, you know, keep going. So mm. I ended up deciding to stay at uni for another year doing, um, which is honours. So it's basically one more year of study beyond your undergrad, which you do a research project. Um, I was lucky enough as one of my supervisors for that project happened to be um, one of the senior geologists at Sandfire Resources, which was the company I actually got my first job at. So... Mm. Even though I was continuing my studies, that at least sort of gave me a link in with the industry, you know, yeah. you get your foot in the door, which is probably the hardest part. You know, once you're in, it's quite easy to move around, but just that first little step is, is definitely the, the biggest one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, once I finished um, my undergrad, did an extra year of study for honours and then finished that. Unfortunately, things were still rough enough that I couldn't go straight into a geologist role, yeah. even with, um, you know, a postgraduate degree, which wow. is more than is normally even required. So Unbelievable. Just nothing. So, um, yeah. I was lucky enough to get a call back from my supervisor from Sandfire and he, um, he offered me or he offered to try and get me up to work as a field assistant, which yeah. for, for geologists is essentially like um, more manual, um, manual labor, you know, collecting of samples, helping yeah. geology, but it's, working very closely with the geologists so right you know at least for a while the industry wasn't looking great for me um you know that gave me you know something to fill my time you know yeah. work in the industry start my job as a uh, doing fly and fly out work and um i guess it was tough 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 gig um yeah. you know very disheartening um you know definitely easy to get yourself down but you know if you just you know it will be okay you just got to Keep trying, make sure you're just w moving slowly in the direction you want to go. Yeah. If you can, yeah. you'll, you'll get there eventually. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important, once again, for our listeners to know, and this is a reminder through many of our geologists that we have on CareerView, is that industry is cyclical, right? Uh, I think that's one thing, is understanding that, you know, you might be studying for many years, but when you're looking for jobs, you only found two uh, roles online. So it can be disheartening. And the second thing is the fact that getting your foot in the door. You worked as a field assistant, getting initially what not be your career as a geologist, you found your way, whether it being practical or doing an honours project or doing some volunteering there's something there's some way that can be done yep exactly um you know you, you either got the choice of you know giving up and throwing the towel in but you just gotta think about where you want to end up and just try and work out even if it's a small step just any step in the direction you want to go yeah. you'll, you'll slowly you'll slowly get there now great insights there josh next question that we have for you uh, asked by students is do you have any tips for the application process when applying for work in the industry Yep. So um, the most one of the the main ways people tend to get jobs as a geologist, um, or when I was at university at least, when it was a bit more difficult, tends to be especially for the bigger companies through graduate programs and um, the graduate intakes. Okay. So as simple as that may seem on in, on paper, I, it was quite a tedious process that um, a lot of these companies would you know they would have different times for their application processes. They wouldn't necessarily advertise them uh, that far in advance, and you'd have a small window. So uh, when I was there, a lot of the students actually banded together to create a spreadsheet of all the companies and when their application would open for their okay. grad different graduate projects. And then um, everyone helping each other. Essentially, out. yeah, exactly. Um, and if if it is you know a bad part of the cycle and there's not many jobs, mm. uh, you know, have the confidence to even apply for things that maybe 
on paper you don't think you're qualified for, but okay. just just give it a go. You know, it says once one to two years experience and you don't have any experience, just send an application in. Chances are they maybe haven't found any good applicants yet and they'd be willing if you've got the right work ethic and right yeah. attitude to give you a go and that might be your way in as well. Yeah, no, I like that. And But then getting to the next stage of an interview, do you have any tips there in terms of what do you think an employer is really looking for um, when they are interviewing a young graduate like yourself at the time? Yep, exactly. Um, things that definitely help you stand out from other candidates is if, you know, you've gone above and beyond while you're at university to, you know, um, to chip in with the, you know, the geology club at university and even, you know, become the treasurer or like, you know, get on the board of the, the clubs yep. or um, if you're doing like, uh, I also participated in um, a student exploration challenge run by um, one of the companies in the industry as well, um, just sort of on the side, yeah. you know, if you're just showing that you're, you know, committed to not just doing the bare minimum of going to the, the classes, but also going out of your way to, you know, try and get extra exposure in the industry and stuff. Those sort of things will, you know, make you stand out above everyone else in an interview if you can, you know, talk about that. I think that definitely helps. Absolutely, because it's so competitive. That's the thing. You know, applicants and graduates need to remember that it's not just them that are applying for the role. It's their colleagues and it's within that cohort that may be years above that are also applying from last year or whatnot in other universities and even globally around the world. Like these are really competitive fields in terms of looking for roles and um, as you hit the nail right, really showing a proactiveness during your time at studying, your degree is very important and not just doing the bare minimum. It just won't fly. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, I mean, I definitely fell into the trap of, you know, coming out of school where you're being pushed to work from all the teachers and your parents and stuff and then being, you know, exposed to this great freedom of, um, you know, having all of your time to yourself to manage, um, which for, for better or for worse, uh, I mean, I think for a lot of people at the start could be for worse. So, you yeah. know, maybe don't spend enough time, you know, studying as you should and yeah. taking it for granted. But um, as long as, you know, there's nothing wrong like with taking a gap year and stuff. If yeah. you want to, you know, either definitely, I didn't, but... Um, I did take a semester off during my uni, I think, just to sort of rein it in and, you know, reevaluate where I want to be. And, you know, I kind of came back, I think, a bit more mature about it all and, you yeah. know, realised that what I was doing, which was more or less the bare minimum, wasn't going to cut it. And, you know, I had to sort of reevaluate what I was there for and, you know, really knuckle down after that. And that's great advice. And I want to stay on this point because there's nothing wrong with taking a gap semester or a gap year because sometimes it just gives you that time to reevaluate, right? How, how significant was that for you, if you don't mind sharing on this point? Yep. Um, for me, I mean, myself personally, I, I mean, I wasn't a poor performer, but I definitely wasn't, you know, putting in as much work as like I, I probably should have been to be getting, you know, in the competitive environment that it was at the time, you know definitely wasn't um in the kind of top you know 30 40 percent i probably mm. wouldn't have had much of a chance of getting a job really yeah. in that industry you know maybe now things aren't quite the same but yeah just i kind of came out of um you know high school maybe not quite mentally mature enough to to really knuckle down like some people are but you know there's also a lot of people that were in a very similar situation to me and i think um i kind of when i did stop uh, university for six months just to one semester to i picked up a second job and you know essentially spend that time just working yeah and i think just doing just working kind of built a, a better more mature work ethic and everything and then when I went back to university I just sort of let me reset my brain and yeah. kind of go okay back to university you know now it's time to take it serious and give it a, my best go absolutely and I highly recommend that as well and I like the fact that you've been able to prove it you know you took that time and it has worked out for you in the end so really great to hear there Josh um, next question that we have for you is do you have a good work-life balance Yep. So, um, 
I mean, in terms of fly in, fly out, I know it's very, uh, it's a common uh, view of the industry that, you know, you have a quite a poor work-life balance because, you know, FIFO is rough and I definitely don't disagree that it's not difficult. But, yep. um, you know, in terms of what I think about it, it is difficult sometimes in, you know, with uh, building relationships, you know, with friends, family, um, partners, you do miss birthdays, you know, you'll be on site when someone's birthday's on or a party's on or, you know, your family wants to hang out and stuff. You know, mm. there's definitely difficult things that come with it. But at the same time, you you know, when I'm back in Perth or back at home, uh, you know, I have a whole six days off. You know, that's my particular roster is eight days on, six days off. So I do fly into work on a Friday morning, work until Friday of the next week and then get back Friday night. Yeah. Um, then more or less have the next whole whole week off. So... For me personally, that worked really well. I enjoyed having, you know, a nice long break to, to do what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, a lot of people would pick up, you know, a side hustle or, you know, a second job or a hobby that they wanted to eventually monetize or something. Yeah. So it does provide a lot of freedom in that regard. But, yeah. you know, the trade-off is that it does make, um, definitely makes personal relationships maybe a bit more difficult sometimes. But sure. you can get around it, but you just have to accept that you've got to work a little bit harder to to maintain relationships it just requires a little bit more work but if you're willing to do that um you know there's no problems do you see yourself doing this for a very long time um you've done it for six years already do you continue do you foresee that you'll be working five for even longer i don't mind doing it for probably a bit longer but i like it's definitely not um where i would see myself in you know five maybe ten years time i think that'd be the limit of what i'd be willing to do I think, um, at least for me, I don't have any kids or anything, but I think once you start a family and stuff, it becomes a lot more difficult. Yeah. I've definitely seen that in my colleagues that have had you know young families. Mm. Um, so, so is it family the main reason? Um, usually, I find when they've when uh, people have a you know a baby and are trying to start a family, um, just that extra you know pressure of not being able to help your partner while you're on site yeah. while they're trying to you know look after a newborn baby and everything. Yeah. You know, it just uh, definitely takes a strong, big mental toll on them for sure. Um, so in terms of what I'm doing now, so I've obviously like we said, um, I've just uh, resigned from my job prior to going on a Europe trip, came back. Um, now I'm actually re-enrolled at university again to do a data, data analytics uh, boot camp at oh, UWA. Fantastic. Um, so I guess that's the other pro of the job is, you know, you, you do have enough, uh, you know, you, your income's good enough and, um, you know, your time's good enough that you do have the flexibility to, you know, upskill yourself, um, which I definitely, you know, recommend if you're wanting to change the trajectory of your career, don't get locked in. Make sure you take the time to, you know, do the courses you want to do, do the education you want to do, and move move in the direction you want to go. Great advice there, Josh. Really, really good advice for our listeners. Um, next question that we have for you, uh, asked by students, is, and by far, once again, our very f- most popular question: Does your job pay well, or did your job pay well in this case? Yep. So I mean, obviously, the main reason people work tends to be for the pay. So you know, obviously, understandable <laughs> question there. Um, so when I I graduated from university, so got my job as a field assistant. Um, at the time, because the industry was quite uh, difficult to get into, and especially with the mining industry, the pays do change quite a lot over time. So at the time, happy to say, you know, I was on seventy five thousand dollars a year as a field assistant. I okay. think. Usually the rates for geologists at that time was sort of around, for new geologists, was around 90000 around that area for, for FIFO work. FIFO um, work, yeah. So then I did get, after a year of doing that, got my first job as a you know junior geologist, mm-hmm. which was yeah, 95000 Okay. Um, that was not a bad roster. It was seven days on, seven days off. So okay. um, quite a good roster. Um, 
for me at the time, you know, coming out of, you know, first decent paying job, like there's more than enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a few years down into, you know, industries picked back up. It's a bit more competitive. Um, so with where I was at now, so five, five six years experience, um, I'd sort of stepped up into the next level of geologist, which is a project geologist. Um, and the pay for that at the time, so it's around 140, 150 plus, you yeah. know, bonuses of sort of 15, 20%. So yeah. got to maybe 160 if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, it depends on the companies you work at. They not only the salary, but the another bargaining chip that's used at the moment is sort of the roster length. So, okay. you know, some people could make quite a lot more, but they'll be doing like a two week on one week off roster. So okay. they actually would end up working more hours per per day on average on average so yeah. you know mm. you pays more but you work more so it's really it's up to the individual to work out what kind of combination of roster pay bonuses yeah. you know lifestyle works and, for you and how flexible do you get that in that negotiation p- process yeah. um so most companies will be pretty sort of set in stone on what their rosters are okay. like they only got a certain number of flights usually per week and you've got to be on one of them so tends to be that um if they can't offer the best rosters, they might offer to pay more as okay. a compensation for that. So, you know, um, that's usually sort of a way with a lot of some smaller companies might not be able to offer as good of a roster because they don't, can't afford to pay for that many flights, but yeah. they might offer, you know, extra incentives in terms of like if it's a small company like stock options or, yeah, um, yeah. yeah have you know a little bit more pay, but then, you know, the big companies like BHP, Rio and stuff, they'll usually be a lot more flexible in terms of your flights and rosters and obviously they pay quite well as well being the biggest companies companies yeah yeah no absolutely Um, so i mean it does it varies a lot in the industry but um you know there's usually a little bit of scope to be flexible you know you might be able to work out which roster you want to be on which swing works best for you if you've got a partner that maybe also works fifo they're usually quite accommodating at the moment to you know make sure you're both obviously at home at the same time it's kind of hard to have a relationship if you're working out back to back absolutely yeah um but beyond that um usually it's not too flexible in terms of rosters but okay. there's always an option sometimes they can can help you out a bit once again coming back to the fact that you started as a field assistant 75k um and then what was the kind of increment increase was it a year-on-year increase or like how do you see that progression happening and where can you probably go to and what's the maximum that you can potentially achieve one day in your field yep so um i think pay bump of generally like sort of three four percent with inflation and everything and then in terms of your performance you know you do annual appraisals and everything and right um you do have you know especially now um you know some negotiating power in that in terms of the demand in the industry and stuff um but you know i think generally it was for me anyway it seemed like around a 10 10 grand sort of bump a year, a year. and then yeah. see maybe a, a bit of a, a slightly bigger one when I went up in terms of a job title to right. the sort of next level of seniority. That makes perfect sense. And once again, it's it's good to get that transparency from yourself. Um, next question that we have for you is, do you get to travel much? And obviously understanding that you were a FIFA worker for many years, I guess this question has come from students from, you know, when it comes to travel, you know, are you seeing the world? Are you traveling overseas? Are you seeing other, what are the places, things you can see basically? Yep. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, doing FIFO more or less on a plane once a week. So yeah. get to travel and see definitely a lot of the world, but maybe not the parts of the world that most people <laughs> tend to want to see by choice. But, um, you know, in terms of my job, like I 
the bigger the company, more mine sites they've got, you know, there's absolutely a lot of scope for, for traveling. Um, mm. You know, where I was flying up to central Western Australia, but we also had a regional team working over in the eastern states and we had the option to, to fly over there and, um, do, you know, live in out of the eastern states for a while. Yeah. Um, there's also, uh, you know, we got a mine, or had a mine site in, in Spain as well. Yeah. Um, so there's obviously a lot of people very keen to go, you know, live in Spain for a bit and yeah. do some work over there. Same, we've got some uh, spots in Botswana. A lot of these mining companies are international companies, the bigger ones, and yeah. guarantee that there's going to be plenty of opportunities to live in different cities if you want to. But at the same time, if that's not what you want, I don't think they're not going to pressure you into it. So Good. You know, you've usually got the, the choice if you want to travel. There'll op- definitely be options there. But um, the, the options will be for, you, obviously, your time off. Um, yeah. um, companies do tend to help with relocation and everything as well. So it can be quite easy in that regard. But, um, you know, in terms of the mine site you're working at or where you know where you're living at the time fortunately the the best things you might see might be uh living in a swag for a week uh wow yeah uh, out in the bush somewhere but you know i love you know working in the outback as well and i value you know working out in regional australia just as much as seeing a different city you know it's just it's a very different experience Keyword being options, the fact that you get options and you can travel all these different places um, and you get that flexibility. I think that's very important and very attractive in this whole industry and role as a geologist. It's once again really great to hear from yourself on that, Josh. Um, last question that we have for you asked by students is, what are the most important skills, in your opinion, for the job and how can they start preparing and develop them, whether it be, you know, at school or studying at university or, you know, at any stage of pursuing this pathway as a geologist? In terms of specific skills, I wouldn't worry too much about like technical things in high school or at that level. I would say, you know, focus on just getting the most broad knowledge of really everything, you know, just yeah. have a good attitude to learning, you know, anything scientific, you yeah. know, don't resign yourself to only trying to focus on one thing, just have a good attitude to, you know, being inquisitive and just wanting to learn about the world because really you know, that's what geology is. You know? So I think it's just having a really good attitude to just wanting to, to know the answer to things and just wanting to find it out really. And then once you get to uni, just, you know, have a good attitude if there's extracurricular different exploration events on or anything that mm. different companies are running just to give kids a you know good um taste of what you're going to be doing in industry just give it a go give it a go yeah um you know you might end up working out that that's not what you want to do and then at least you find out sooner, <laughs> sooner or, later. or later yeah um but at the same time you know a lot of those companies as well are looking for people that are doing those programs because chances are if you perform well then you know they may end up wanting to reach out to you when you graduate you know that's a good way for them to also find good talent um and you know new people coming out of university fantastic i like that because that you know you just have this kind of general eagerness to learn um a good mindset a good positive approach and i think that holds and goes a long way so um very good and important advice for our listeners josh that Wraps up all our questions, mate. Thank you so much for being here. For our listeners who have more questions for Josh that did not feature on our list today and would like to connect with him, just visit our website, careerview.com.au. This is where you'll find Josh's profile and you can send him some more questions, which I'm sure he'll have some time at some point to answer them. And with every episode, please don't forget to submit the questions that you want to know, especially to young professionals who've been there and they've done that and they can share their experiences. Um, Final question from me, that I would like to just ask you before you before you head off is that um, you've been working six years in FIFO and have had some pretty amazing experiences so far. Um, just 
for any of our listeners out there and for students out there who are maybe hesitant about FIFO, is there any advice you can give them about that whole lifestyle in working as a geologist? The only advice I could give you is, you know, just if give it a go. It's a very daunting thing to, you know, go into FIFO. Definitely was for me anyway. Um, I think if people say it wasn't, they're probably lying. Um, but I feel like the the view that people have of what FIFO is like that haven't done it is maybe gives it a bit more of a bad rap than it really is. I think um, you'll you'll probably be pleasantly surprised. I think um, you know the facilities tend to be quite good. You know, on site, I'd say don't let the view of FIFO scare you from from pursuing you know a career in mining or exploration. You know, I think it's a uh, yeah, it's definitely not as bad as uh, it's made out to sound. Made out to sound, Josh. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for being here, and I'm wishing you all the best. Thank you very much.